What's up, World Wide Web? This is the Longhorn Confidential for November 1st. Uh, I'm Danny Davis, the Austin American Statesman. As always, joined by Cedric Golden, Kirk Bowles. Guys, we had a week off, but it's time to talk Longhorn football. But actually, let's talk about that by week before we get started. Um, you both were on the road. Uh, Kirk, we'll start with you because that's Austin FC. They lost. We don't have to care about them anymore after this uh, podcast. But how was the how was the trip to LA? How was the the sights and sounds of the it was a pretty cool season for the local soccer fans? Yeah, it was a, a great season. It's a shame it kind of got tarnished by the ending, but I don't think anybody expected it to end in the Western Conference final uh, in year two. So it was a, a great turnaround by Austin FC. Uh, got outclassed on Sunday by LAFC, which has been the best team in the league and. Uh, Pretty cool stadium. It was rocking, just like Q2 in Austin. And it sits right next door to the L.A. Memorial Coliseum where the USC Trojans played the night before. So it's right there in, in the heart of this uh, sports mecca. And, you know, they're black and gold, too. So it, I felt like I was at a Raiders game. I mean, they must have had 30 of those oversized flags, you know, in the supporters section. And uh, it was it was a raucous atmosphere, and uh, the best team won, unfortunately, for Verde fans. But uh, good year, a lot for them to be proud of, even though they didn't uh, put their best foot forward uh, literally on Sunday. Yeah, if there's any Verde fans or Texas soccer fans, you still want some soccer. The Texas soccer team is still playing. The Big 12 tournament is actually in Round Rock this week. Uh, Texas is playing West Virginia in the semifinals on Wednesday or on Thursday, excuse me, at 4.30. So you can head on up to that if you really want some more soccer. You didn't like the way the Austin FC season ended. Go root in the Longhorns. But Cedric was also on the road. Um and I think that's like I think that's the most pertinent topic to this uh, to this podcast, webcast, whatever you want to call this. But said went to Indianapolis to see one Sam Ellinger make his first career NFL start. Uh, the Colts lost, but Sam, you know, he held his own. He, he didn't he didn't look bad. He looked like he belonged in the league. I said wrote in a column that was in the newspaper today on on Tuesday. Uh, said, why don't you kind of tell us what you saw in Indy? Uh, you got to talk to Sam a little bit. Talk to his family. What was, uh, what was the sights and sounds, and what did you come away thinking about Sam and maybe his NFL future? I really think the fans like Sam Ellinger, and they hate Frank Reich. They booed him lustily. They they thought he was conservative because he he didn't he didn't go for it on fourth and inches, um, decided on field goals, and down at the goal line where he's notorious for going for it, he kicked the field goal. And it kind of came back to bite them. And uh, Sam played pretty well. Sam was 17 of 23, 201 yards. He did have a fumble in the third quarter. He said it was just a stupid blunder. It happened. and um, But uh, he, he looked like he's supposed to be there. Now, is he Matt Ryan? Uh, and Matt Ryan's prime? No, he's not. Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer. But he's, he's right now is a better option than Matt Ryan behind that beat up offensive line. And so I think um, he made some plays. He was comfortable. His teammates in the locker room, like Ryan Kelly, the offensive lineman goes, he's a leader. He's not, this is not too big for him. And so when you have the support of the head coach and the veteran leadership uh, in the locker room, you have a chance to be successful. And um, they're beating up team. But they have a they have a they have a nice chance to win a couple of games. Um, hopefully, they give Sam the rest of the season to show his worth. 
I was able to talk to his mom uh, before the trip and uh, hung out with her and her fiance at the airport in Austin. Uh, good people. And, you know, if, as for the Ellinger family, it's kind of it's it's time to have some good news. And they, they've been through the ringer with the loss of Jake, with the loss of her husband, Ross. And so this is good news. And Sam. Uh, he's living his dream. He just got married, and yeah, it's it's all good right now. And I uh, really enjoyed the trip. Got a little sick out there. Enjoyed the trip, and um, really enjoyed writing this column. You go to San Elmo's? Couldn't get in. Oh man, Couldn't best trip cocktail in the world. Just a nightmare. Mm. Just a nightmare. I know a current uh, Jenna's fiance uh, said they they were make they were trying to get in, and the earliest. They had was nine thirty p.m. Hmm. Yeah. So, Danny, what did you do besides the good, the good? The good news is, um, said you can tell this tell a story, but Sam recognized you and didn't boo you, so that was uh, a yeah. the, the, the local kid remembered. Uh, I asked, us, yeah, uh, I asked him a question. Player. I go, I go, Sam, uh, the veterans really believe in you, and you coached us too. And uh, how does that make you feel? And he, he looked. I was on the second row, and he looked. He goes, "Good to see you, man." And I was like, "Hey, it's good to be seen." So, it just it's it, it's always fun to see one of the guys we cover, and you know, and um, especially uh, the the ones that made plays, you know, in college, and and when they see us, I think nine times out of ten, they're glad to see us away away from UT. And I'm not saying it's an indictment on the school, but and Sam was genuinely glad to see me, and I'm like, "Good, good," because you know. I'm a columnist. You never know. Uh, to answer your question, Kirk, I took care of a sick child all week. It was all weekend. Mm-hmm. It was a fun way to spend the bye week. But we're back to work, and Texas is back to work. We got to talk to Steve uh, Sarkeesian. Well, at least me and said Dick Kirk, you were back uh, traveling back from LA, but and some of the players on Monday, Texas, which is now five and three, three and two, coming up the bye. They're going to travel this week to Kansas State, which is six and two, four and one. Kansas State's uh, sole possession of second place in the Big 12 standings. Uh, Texas is tied with Oklahoma State and Baylor for third. That game on Saturday will be at 6 p.m. on FS1. I'm not happy about the 6 p.m. kickoff because that means a long trip uh, home from Manhattan to our hotel in Kansas State or in Kansas City afterwards, but uh, no one cares about my problems. Uh, They care more about this football game, so we'll start there. Um, Said, you're a guy who likes to go to Vegas. You've been known to gamble every once in a while. I don't know how – big into the sports betting you are, but you're, you've been known to play some games of chance. So I'm going to start here. Um, two weeks ago, Texas went to Oklahoma State, lost 41 to 34. Last week, Oklahoma State played Kansas State and lost 48 to nothing. So please tell me how Vegas has Texas favored in this game, because just doing the math, and I know you're not supposed to do the A, B, C, B, C, to beat C, but how is Texas favored against a team that just beat the team that just beat Texas? I don't know. Vegas is, seems to always be right, but I wonder if there's a crackhead uh, that picked up a shift this week in Vegas. I don't get it. This team just, they haven't done it on the road yet. And maybe people hate Will Howard. I don't know. I don't know. I what I saw and I watched the K State Oklahoma State game is I saw domination on both sides of the ball. I saw Spencer Sanders 
rushed and harried and he couldn't get going. I saw Deuce Vaughn running wild on a pretty good Oklahoma State defense. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm I don't I'm not a huge uh sports better, but if I was betting on if I was betting money on games this weekend and I had to bet this one, I'm taking the team at home. I just would be. There's not a great team in the league. We know that. I mean, well, maybe TCU is. They've been the only real consistent team. And, and they oh, there's another great. thing, Doc. Yeah, they didn't play great against this, West Virginia. K-State team had them dead to rights in four words. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I don't know. It, it's, you know, Will Howard is the backup, and I'm betting they're counting on him playing again. And so, he has less experience. And I do know Chris Clement's trying to redshirt him. And uh, he's had two games, so you get four, and it can save your redshirt season. So, I don't know, maybe there's more Texas money, uh, and they're trying to get more into the K-State pockets and give them more incentive to bet. Uh, I don't know. It's just like, you know, how do you explain Oklahoma State these last two weeks? And how do you explain Texas playing Alabama toe-to-toe and then – you know, embarrassing themselves in the second half against Texas Tech and second half against Oklahoma State. It's just, you know, Oklahoma seems to have found itself. Baylor seemed to have found itself. But, you know, they lost to BYU, which is, you know, just okay. So, I don't know. Don't you guys feel like, I don't know, every game is almost a coin flip? You know, at TCU, God, they've been behind by huge numbers. What did they trail? K-State, wasn't it 18 points, guys? 28 to 10. Yeah. And come back and win. And that, you know, I like Chris Kleiman, great defense team. You know, they're like plus a nine in turnover margin. And uh, <clears throat> they're 11th in the nation in rushing and 112th in passing. So, you know, they're looking, that looks like the blueprint to beat them is that don't let Deuce Vaughn go crazy because, you know, he's about to rush for a thousand yards third year in a row. And, I, I would assume they would want Will Howard to throw 50 times if uh, he indeed starts. What do you make of it, Danny? Um, that's why I don't gamble. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, I barely have enough money as it is. I don't need to be burning burning the the little money, extra money I have on these picks. I mean, you can look at my pick em, uh record, which I'm actually doing decent this year, but decent is still would be lighting money on fire in Vegas. So I don't know why the line's that way. Um I don't think Texas has done anything to be favored, um, especially with its road record and the fact that Kansas State's coming off that big win. I don't know maybe Texas is getting a, getting a little bit of a bump because they're rested and they had two weeks to prepare for this game. And um, you know Kansas State just you know probably is a little bit emotionally spent um, from last week, or they may be really confident. Who knows? But that that line did surprise me. Um, I'd figure Kansas State would be favored at home, um, especially with how they've been playing, but. Yeah, whatever the cliche is, that's why you play the game. We'll we'll find out on uh, on Saturday night. Unfortunately, a little too late on Saturday night for my tasting for my taste, but it is what it is. Um, we mentioned him a couple times, but Deuce Vaughn, the the Round Rock kid, great running back at Kansas State, has put together a great career. I assume most of us think he's going to be in the NFL next year, but um, spectacular uh, three year run at Kansas State. 
but he's not going to be the only good running back in this uh, game. Bijan Robinson for Texas actually leads the conference in rushing at 115 yards per game. Deuce is just under that. I think he's just under 113. And then Roshan Johnson, you know, he's not getting the numbers that Bijan's getting, but last year ran for almost 180 yards against Kansas State. They had 100, over 100 yards the year before when they uh, Texas went up to Kansas State and kind of stomped uh, the Wildcats, which going back to our last um, topic, maybe why uh, Texas is favored is because they've kind of owned the Wildcats recently in this um, series. But we're going to do a take your pick. We have three running backs, B. John Robinson, Roshan Johnson, Deuce Vaughn. You get one. Who, who are you taking? Who's the best running back in this game? All three are going to be fun to watch. That's what I'm looking forward to watching. But who are you taking? We'll start with Kirk. You can have the number one pick. Well, if if I'm taking somebody for the duration, for the year, I'm taking Bijan Robinson. If I'm taking somebody for one game, I'd probably take Deuce Vaughn because, one, he's so electric and he is the focal point, you know, of the K-State offense. Like you said, he's, you know, bordering on three 1,000-yard games. It's like, you know, he's got 902 yards. I think Bijan's what he got, 962, something like that. So their stats are pretty even. But the thing is, you know, Deuce will carry the load, whereas, you know, Bijan has Roshan, uh, you know, backing him up. So you, you would think Deuce would get more carries, and uh, they're probably going to force feed Deuce Vaughn the ball. And, you know, this guy's Darren Sproles light, or, or maybe Darren Sproles heavy, because, you know, he just I just can't say enough good things about how good this kid is. So, uh, but for one game, you know, I might take Deuce, and you got to figure they're going to use Quinn Ewers a lot to, supplement the running game with Bijan and Roshan. So do you want to put 26 disclaimers on your pick or do you just want to go go ahead and pick <laughs> what one, he does. one of those guys? He cover I thought he's gonna go and and you know and if it, if it's a guy if I had a daughter then um I wanted her to date someone it would be Roshan um, because he's just <laughs> such a great person and you know he's very smart and he's very bright. cover the waterfront covers every base. Thank God you didn't ask for his his you know give him 10 10 choices. He'd still be talking. He'd still be talking. Um, Bijan Robinson's the best running back in the country. Because I'm taking. He can catch the ball. He's great in short yardage. Um, he's a great pass blocker. He's just as electric. He can take it the distance, 50 yards. I'll take a good big running back over a good little one all day long. Because I think he's more durable. So I'll take Bijan. Yeah, if I, I, if I have the third pick and Roshan Johnson is going to fall to me, I'm not going to complain. I mean, you know, <laughs> he, he doesn't get the run, obviously, because Bijan is such an incredible back, but he's been quite steady in that number two role. Texas obviously trusts him late. And in this Kansas State series, he's been really good. Uh, two years ago uh, in 2020 up in Manhattan, 14 rushes, 142 yards, three touchdowns. Um, last year with Bijan was out, uh, and a lot of this was out of Wildcat, but 31 rushes. 179 yards and one touchdown in Texas snapped that losing streak and has a lot because of the way that Roshan was playing. So he's played well against the Wildcats. Um, obviously you can't get hear enough about his leadership and just what he means to this team off the field, but on the field, he's a pretty good back. And um, I think all of us agree. Um, Texas is going to be sending two running backs to the league next year. Um, both these gentlemen are going to get drafted. All three of these guys who are going to play in this game are going to get drafted this year. And, um, you know, as local reporters, we obviously have gotten to know Bijan and Roshan pretty well over the last uh, couple of years, and Deuce is a local kid. So uh, I think he's been on the On Second Thought podcast at one point. Um, 
um, in the in the past couple of years. So you know, three guys to root for if you're a local football fan. And I'm going to look forward to seeing the way that all three of them play because all three of them are going to get get some touches. Um, I think I feel pretty safe. I haven't seen the game plan for other team, but I feel pretty feel pretty safe with that bet. Um, even though I just said I'm not good at betting, but I'll I'll bet that. Um, that's forty. That's forty touches between three guys. Yeah, easily. it's going to be it's going to be fun. If you love if you love a ground game, tune into FS1 on Saturday night. Uh, let's talk quarterback. Even though we just talked about running backs, let's talk about quarterbacks. Um, there's a little question mark about who Kansas State is going to start. Obviously, Adrian Martinez um, got Kansas State out to their good start this season, the transfer from Nebraska, but he was hurt uh, last couple of games. Will Howard last year led the way in that uh, the stomping of Oklahoma State. So, you know, we're not going to pick uh, who the starting quarterback is. But if you're the defensive coordinator at Texas, Seth, we'll start with you. Who do you not want to see? Um, would you? Who do you, do you not want to see? Adrian Martinez back there. Do you not want to see Will Howard, who's the hot hand? Adrian Martinez, when healthy, is scary good. I mean, he can move. I mean, he can. He's got wiggle. Um, he's he can he can chunk it a little bit. Uh, more multidimensional. And we know that over the last few years, the thing that gives Texas the most trouble is a mobile quarterback, a guy who can move a guy who can be elusive. So um, they much rather face Will Howard. Um, and Will Howard can move a little bit, but I think they much rather face him. But Adrian Martinez, I really wonder, I was like, I don't think they would purposefully sit uh, Adrian uh, against Oklahoma State, which was which is a con title contender. So he must really be banged up, but um, you know if he's going and he's and he's healthy, Texas is going to have some problems with him. Yeah, he's a veteran. I mean, he's got nine rushing touchdowns. That's a pretty high number for a quarterback. And as you say, he's a veteran. He had, he has zero interceptions this year, so he's a very mature quarterback. He threw ten last year when he was with Nebraska. So uh, yeah, I think uh, they would rather see the younger guy. Even I think he's a junior, I believe but uh, hadn't started that many games. So, uh, but he'll, he'll have a lot of confidence, but yeah, I think you'd like to avoid Adrian Martinez, but uh, you know, coming to K-State from Nebraska, he had some of these big games circled, you know, he's itching to get in this game. Um, let's move on. Uh, last topic about this Texas game. Um, you know, Steve on it as press conference on Monday, spent some time talking about the freshmen and just their development, um, all that stuff. So we're going to look at this freshman class we're going to exclude the obvious, the usual suspects. I don't want to hear Kelvin Banks because obviously he's done a spectacular job on the offensive line. Even though you know Quinn is technically a freshman, a redshirt freshman, we don't we don't need to talk about him. But of this, the freshman on the Texas roster, which ones do you want to see step up over these last four games of the regular season? Who kind of needs to make that you know positive step forward to not only contribute to this team this season, but also give a lot of confidence to the fans and the coaching staff about. What's next? What's down the line? Who do you want to see step up out of this freshman class? Kirk, we'll start with you. Well, I like Jalen Gilbo. I mean, I think you know, playing that spur position, he's been very impactful. You know, he's got uh, two passes broken up, four quarterback hurries, and and has 19 tackles for the season and, and is a good blitzer too. So I'm not sure what all he said about replacing Anthony Cook if, if Cook can't go, and I can't imagine he'd be ready to go from that broken arm that quick so uh you know that secondary has been beleaguered they've been beat up a little bit you know austin jordan's the other freshman but i think gilbo's kind of the at the forefront there in that secondary as far as a young player and i look for him to just keep growing keep progressing 
Uh, so he has a much better sophomore year, but I like I like the way he plays. Yeah, I, I like him too. Um you know, we I saw um I saw Brennan Thompson get a little bit of run in um Stillwater and came in it was it wasn't garbage time. He came in and he I think he moved the chains and <coughs> excuse me, I think I think they could use a spark. From another wide out, um, they've got they've got some good weapons out there, but they don't have that little um, Devin Duvernay type, that little scat guy, little guy that can make the first guy miss and 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 go fifteen or twenty yards. I'd like to see them incorporate him, if if anything, just for some go routes. You know, uh, I know it's a stacked receiver room, but uh, remember Danny came in. I go, Daniel, is that was that Brennan Thompson? They just moved the chains, and he looked like he'd been playing all year, but he hadn't been. So um, that shows some confidence in him, and I'm wondering if they, they're going to have a package for the youngster from Spearman. I think at one time they had Brennan in, lined out to the outside to Quinn's right, and Xavier was in the slot next to him. And I think, I, I think I was like, oh, oh boy, we're about to get a we're about to get a a, a, tra- a track meet here. That that did not look fun to fun to defend. But yeah, Brennan, Brennan did have a nice way to move the chains of that game. I'm actually gonna pick a different receiver, um, Savion Red. We've heard a lot yes. about him and just kind of his skill set. Um, Texas needs that third receiver to step up, and whether it's you know Brennan Thompson, whether it's Savion Red, you know, someone aside from Xavier Worthy. And Jordan Whittington in that receiving group needs to step up. Um, you know, obviously Jatavian Sanders is a great target at the tight end position, but um, I would like to see one of these freshman receivers step up. And Steve did give some love to uh, Jaden Blue, um, the freshman running back. I don't know if there's carries available for him to make an impact, just because of what Bijan and Roshan are doing, and they feel pretty comfortable with that one-two punch. And Jonathan Brooks is also on the team, but it would be nice to maybe if there's a blowout or um, some opportunities to get him on the field just to kind of see what he can do because he was a pretty touted four-star prospect coming out of, um, uh, I believe it was Klein Kane um, High School um, this past recruiting cycle. But uh, let's move on. A lot of activities on campus. If you are not making the trip to Manhattan, uh, the Orange-White World Series starts uh, over at Dishfall Field on Thursday. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday deal. If you're a baseball fan and want to get some Baseball in this weekend, we mentioned the soccer match that uh, is start on Thursday, the Big 12 tournament semifinals, Texas versus West Virginia. The volleyball team is at TCU on Wednesday, number one again after um, slipping to number two, beat up on Texas Tech, uh, Nebraska lost. So Texas is back to the number one slot. If you want to go back and read, Seth had a column out of that match um, that I believe ran on Friday, and um, I had a game story um, from that match as well. The volleyball team is off this weekend. Um, we'll be back in action next Wednesday. Um, the women's basketball team, they are playing Wayland Baptist in their final exhibition game. That will be on Friday at 7 o'clock. Men's basketball team, season opener on Monday. I know Kirk and Seth are probably looking forward to that. And then finally, swimming and diving. I'm kind of doing a cool thing this weekend. They are actually doing a dual meet with Virginia, but they are combining. It's going to be the men and women combined versus the combined uh, Virginia men and women. So those are two stacked programs. We're kind of doing something different. Eddie Reese mentioned this may be the first time they've ever done that anywhere in the country. So that's kind of a cool thing. If you are into swimming and diving, head on to campus to see that this weekend. Um, That's enough teases about the Texas athletic program. Let's talk about the On Second Thought podcast. Let's give a little tease about what's going to come out on Thursday. 
I don't know, we got to get Sed's voice back. You know, he's kind of been under the weather. So are you going to be good to go on uh, Thursday's podcast? We'll find out, big guy. You know I like playing Hurts. So <laughs> hopefully the voice will be back. And uh, if not, you just might have to go solo and might get Daniel Davis. He's more than capable of handling a podcast as we've witnessed over these last few weeks. I hope you get to feeling better. And Danny, uh, I assume you got our credentials for Manhattan, I guess. So uh, looking forward to that wonderful drive over from Kansas. Which drive are you looking more forward to? The drive to Manhattan or the drive back at about eh, midnight? Well, if we, if, we get out, if we get out of there at midnight and Kirk doesn't want to write a Pulitzer Prize winning column after the game, we can actually leave the press box at midnight. I'll be... I'll be happy. I'm just I'm I'm just worried about us getting out of there at like 1:30 and then having to drive the two hours back. And then our flight, I think, is like at 8:30 in the morning. And so we may not even sleep on on Saturday night, Sunday morning. It's gonna be I'm gonna be I'm gonna be running on empty, but that's just part of the part of the game. Once again, nobody at home cares. So that's well, just, we signed that's up for the deal. Just get it. Just get it online. Get it in the paper. That's all they care about. K State in Kansas for us three this year. Worst trip in the Big 12. People in Manhattan are fine people. I always love it when we actually get there, but it's just that trip, uh, trip to there and back that is less than, less than desirable. But it is. Someone, Danny, is what it is. somebody asked me at the airport in Austin, what's the worst road trip? And I go, Manhattan, Kansas. And the guy goes, what about West Virginia? And I looked at him, I go, what about Pittsburgh? Yeah. You get to stay in Pittsburgh, which is great. You eat at Mike Ditka's. Oh, man. So, yeah. Yeah, we don't stay in Morgantown. And when Morgantown's not as far from Pittsburgh as the Little Apple is from Oh, it's KC. like an hour, a little over an hour. You're right. Mm -hmm. not, a, not a bad trip. But um, I guess in the next couple of years, we can debate what is the worst trip in the, in the SEC. Um, but that's a conversation for – uh, 2024, 2025, whenever, whenever that deal finally, finally gets done and this nightmare is over. But that's gonna do it for us. Um, as always, we appreciate y'all watching on YouTube, listening to it on wherever your podcast, checking us out on Facebook. Um, check out statesman.com throughout the week for various content as we get you ready for the Texas Kansas State game. We'll be back next week to talk about what should be a matchup against what should be an undefeated TCU team. Um, and whatever Texas's record is at the time. If Texas wins this weekend, they'll, of course, be ranked next week, and it'll be a pretty awesome matchup. If Texas loses, we may have a couple other things to write about, but we'll find out on Saturday what exactly uh, we're looking at. But uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Um, as always, I'm kind of stumbling on, on my exit here, but so I'm just going to close it out. Danny Davis, the Austin American Statesman, Cedric Gold, and Kirk Bowles. Appreciate y'all. We'll see y'all next week. See ya.